Welcome to the Jolly Contravariance Christmas Special. In this episode, we initially discuss SwiftUI and Apple documentation, but then dive off into a random discussion about pets, time travel, fireworks, and much more. My guests in this episode are Berta, Donnie, and Sebastian, who will introduce themselves in time. Enjoy this episode. How is everybody? Perfectly fine. Ready for holidays. That right. was my last day in the office today, in the virtual office, of course. And it's really good to have now a break. I'm really looking forward to having that break. No, I still work until the 24th. Then I'm off until the 11th, so that's good. That's good. Including the 24th? Uh, No, we have the 24th off. Okay. It's a free holiday they gave us as like a thank you for this year. Nice. Last year we also got a free day for the year, and this year we didn't. No, that's right, but there was still some vacation for me left, so I got two weeks of vacation, which is quite nice. Nice. Now they were giving a bunch of people like I'm new, so I got like one free day. But most of the people who went through like the major crunch at the beginning of the quarantine to figure out what was going on, those got like an extra week. There's some people have been off oh, for, wow. like most of December. Oh wow, that is nice. Yeah, it's a way to say thank you, I guess. Like mm-hmm. monetarily, it's difficult because mm-hmm. you know the situation is difficult, but at least you can get that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a really, really nice idea and a nice touch. So we, before we go further into topics, um, this is a Contravariance episode. So it's a Christmas special and there are guests. I'm not alone. I'm not talking to myself here. So let's go through the uh, through the guests. Berta, as you were already talking, do you briefly want to um, say hi? Uh, what am I supposed to say? Just hi. Hi, I'm Berta. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Introduce yourself. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm an IOS developer, obviously, uh, but I, have, I know nothing about CVI. So hopefully I will pretend to be the listener today that knows nothing about CVI and ask the right questions and maybe learn something and drink while I'm at That's pretty much it. Sebastian, do you want to continue? Yeah, hi. Um, so I'm Sebastian. I'm a fellow um, Xing employee as is Bina. Um, I'm working in the design system team. And so I actually have been in contact with SwiftUI because we are building components in UIKit and in SwiftUI at the same time. And he has some, some really cool stuff in SwiftUI. Really, really cool stuff. And uh, Donnie, do you want to continue? Sure, yes. Yeah. So hello, I am Donnie. Uh, thanks for having me on today, Benedict. Uh, so speaking of SwiftUI, I have, I have done a couple of toy projects with it. I am doing it a lot for my new book right now for all the sample projects. Uh, it's a ton of fun to work with, but I have not done anything that is significantly complex enough for me to say that I know SwiftUI. I know how to build something simple, but that's about it. But you I might have done run... more than me. Sorry. Oh, I think you've done more than me. I made one build to try out on SwiftUI one. <laughs> that's about it. I'm sure it's my builds done. were not more complex, but I have done more builds, yes. <laughs> <laughs> But well, picking uh, up on that, I, I worked on SwiftUI, but I'm far from knowing SwiftUI. Um, I think as Bene can can agree on, there are constant surprises when you are working with SwiftUI. 
So I think uh, saying that I know SwiftUI is far from the truth. Yeah, it's, it's a good question. What does it actually mean to know SwiftUI? Because there's so much stuff where you just think you know how it works, but there's no documentation. So you can't really know, right? There's, except for working on the team, there's no way to figure out how it actually works. So you don't know if you know it. You just have a guess. It's like philosophy. You don't know it. Yeah. And how many of us really know UIKit? <laughs> that, yeah, that's also true. I mean, over the years, at least there has been a lot of stack overflow activity where somebody talked to an <laughs> Apple engineer and then get this one detail about how this works and then it's sitting there. And maybe it's not the case anymore, but that's the latest information we have. Yes. Yeah, but at least if you had to like make a bill, like either for work or for a personal project, you had an idea where to start. Like yes. you knew that you needed a label, you needed this and this, and you and your head immediately you could see the code. Right, mm -hmm. and then if things happen, then it's when like UI kid, like I don't really know it because it was a bug or something like that. Swift UI right now for me, half of the views that I can think of, I don't even know where to begin. Like I yeah. don't know how I would build them. Mm -hmm. And also, when nice you part of, of Swift UI where <laughs> you can just start and uh, you instantly see changes that you do to your code, and um, it's easier to learn. I think there is a lot to learn, and um, it's a steep learning curve. But I think you are a little bit supported because you get that instant feedback. Yeah, I also love how at this point it's still so young. There are not a lot of Stack Overflow questions and everything yet. That anytime I Google anything Swift UI related, I think you all know whose website we all end on. It's, it's Paul mm -hmm. Hudson. Yeah. Every time. It's like even if I sort of actively try to avoid a Paul Hudson result, which I shouldn't do because they're amazing. Uh, he just pops up in the top. He he has everything on his website. Yeah, he has he has SwiftUI covered really. It's like uh, he's maybe the only person who has every nook and cranny sort of documented in some way. Hmm. So instead of going to Stack Overflow, we just have to send him the questions directly, I guess. Yeah. Did you know that DuckDuckGo actually has a um, hacking with Swift? Bang thing. You can do really? Bang G for Google. I think Bang I H takes you to hacking with Swift. I think he added that like a few months ago. It's not. It's not That's been awesome. around for very long. That's quite useful. It is. So the the only thing I miss there is um, being able to easily add to that because sometimes I read it, one of those articles and then I still lack a, a critical piece of information in there and then I figure it out and then I'd love to get back and sometimes I send him a message, but. I, I always feel bad like giving him additional stuff because then I'm giving him work, right? And then they would, open source would be great on GitHub or a radar system where I could give Paul a radar on his documentation. I mean, you can post it on his forum. Mm -hmm. Right, it's the closest thing to a radar. He right, yeah, have. a lot of um, like development starts um, with his post and then the forum is a good next step um, where people picking up what they um, learned from him and um, further it, which is quite interesting. Also, make sure to like not put the website on your ad blocker. That also helps him a lot. <laughs> it's the only website that I have that gets past my ad blocker. That's a good point. I'm Very actually good. not running an ad blocker, I have to admit. Um, and just because I'm too lazy to to look at it, like I looked at it once, and there were like four different ones, and then I had to look at four different lists of what they do, and then the the problem of choice appeared, and I was like, ah, I don't, I don't need this. Uh, but it's it, it's the thing about like documentation on Apple. I have a friend who's actually a contractor for Apple, and she creates the websites like where mm -hmm. the documentation lives, right? Mm -hmm. So she's been doing things for I don't know what, but it's specifically the Swift. 
but I'm not allowed to know what. But I know that because she's been reading things about Swift, right? She's mm -hmm. making the website. So she had asked me questions about Swift, like what is this, what is that? And she was thinking of making of like getting into like learning a little bit since she sees this every day. And I was like, oh, go into this website, hacking with Swift, do the Swift uh, 100 days. You can even do it in Swift UI. Mm -hmm. She was like, oh, I, I wouldn't go directly to Apple. And I literally started laughing. <laughs> I was like, no, no, you wouldn't trust me. Just go to the hacking with Swift website. And she just looked like I betrayed her so much. <laughs> I'm sorry, but the website you're doing is not good. I know. But she looks so offended because that's her work. <laughs> but I didn't know how to tell her that none of us uses this. <laughs> So I think she might like try to learn through Apple and she'll let me know how that goes. Does she have a name? Will she listen to the podcast? Can we send a message to her? I will send it to her. I'm, <laughs> I'm seeing her tomorrow for lunch. I will send it to her. So sometimes I'm looking at the list of protocol implementations on the Apple documentation instead of going somewhere else. And yes, I must say it's getting yes, better. Sometimes it's, uh... also. It's actually have, has gotten well, better in the, the last few releases. Um, they, they add every now and then, they add more to documentation, which is actually quite useful. But still, uh, you're right. Um, I'm also recommending um, Hacking with Swift first before I recommend something else. Okay. I actually recommended the tutorial that they just uploaded um, this week. Um, yeah, they're well. the tutorials, right? That one uh, look, looks quite good and quite exhaustive. So um, that's also a good starting point um, from now on. No, she, she told me about that one. Is there was also something internal that she could apply that like, I guess you get taught by like iOS developers inside of Apple, but she didn't get in. So <laughs> I guess it was like a limited slot, but yeah, I let her know that it, it has been getting better. Like the last release, like the last dub, 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 I didn't see her for like two months before. She like came to watch dub, dub with us because she was like, I can breathe now. Like it's done. <laughs> Like I can finally breathe and I can see it and, and see if people is using it. And mm -hmm. I, I didn't tell her then because I just, I don't have the heart to tell her that we don't <laughs> use it. You let her figure it out on her own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, it was, I, it's been really fun. I mean, the, the documentation thankfully is improving, but the, the biggest problem wasn't really these tutorials. They were great, like these animated tutorials. The problem is they were just touching the surface. And then you wanted to know about things like, I don't know what I mean. I always say geometry reader, but there's a ton of stuff, right? And then you had zero or one set words. And that there wasn't really much. There was very significant things. And then the community stepped up and that was good. But all of this is trying to figure out what it does, not knowing what it does, right? And that's tricky. For yeah, the newbies you... here. Sorry, Sebastian, go ahead. No, please go ahead. I was going to say, for the newbies here, what the hell is a geometry reader? And uh, in what context do you use it? We, we don't know. There's the documentation, you know? It's... Cool. <laughs> so, like, there is no equivalent to the geometry reader on UIKit? Like, no, on UIKit, I think what you would do is you would create a, a view. You would probably call a size that fits, and then the view would tell you what size it has. And then you would know, like, you create a button, and then you call size that fits, and the button will tell you what size it has. And in SwiftUI, you can't do that, because you can't create something and then query it. You just dis describe what the scene looks like, right? But when, if you want to right. 
act on the scene and, and act on the elements that doesn't work. And so the geometry reader kind of does that in a second layout step. But it's all a bit tricky and weird, and the information is only in a closure and it's not available outside, and that makes it all a bit tricky. But yeah. Also, it has some 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 issues that, for example, if you just put it around your view, um, it takes in typical SwiftUI fashion. It looks around and says, "Oh, I can go get, get this big," and it just takes all the space it can get. And there is a neat trick that you can use by putting it into the background or into the overlay, but there's some documentation and you don't just don't know that. And um, Beta talked about this a little bit in his in his main talk, um, which I really enjoyed. And um, you always have this feeling of is this a hack? You, you never know. There, there are some things that you can use. And, and Beta said it very good in his talk that this sometimes feels like a hack because it's still not documented. It behaves like you would like to do, uh, like, like what you want to see, but you are a little bit left in the dark. You always have this feeling of like, is this right? Yeah, you, you really don't know. So in, in when I was doing research for this episode, I, uh, I ran into this Stack Overflow post because what I remember was getting the navigation bar to be hidden in SwiftUI never really worked for me. I remember that. And so um, what I did, I, I wrapped it in, in UIKit and then, then I hid it there, that worked. And I thought, let's have a look at Stack Overflow. And there, there was this post where somebody says, first, you have to set the navigation bar title, navigation bar title to the empty string. And then you have to call navigation bar hidden with true in SwiftUI. So first you have to set it, give it no title, then you have to set it to hidden to true, then it's hidden. But, and now I'm quoting from the comment, um, as somebody pointed out in the comments, the navigation bar remains hidden as you navigate deeper in the navigation stack, regardless of whether or not you set navigation bar hidden to false in subsequent views. Um, as I said in the comments, this is either a result of poor implementation on Apple's part or just dreadful documentation. And then the alternative they have is using Z stacks and overlays and backgrounds and then whatnot to somehow get the expected behavior. And then you look at that and you wonder, should I do this? Will this break in the next release? What is the... And this is a terrible situation to be in. You don't know what to do. Like you, you find some randos comment on Stack Overflow that tells you to combine seven weird things to get the expected behavior because there's no other way to achieve it. And that's currently the, 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 my biggest gripe with SwiftUI, that a lot of things I don't I want to do, there are ways to do them, but they feel very wrong. It, yeah. it sounds like the beginning of, uh, of Swift and the beginning of uh, collection builds. Like sometimes when you still like Google things on Stack Overflow about this, you see the, the accepted answer and it's like very old. Like sometimes with the collection build with the objective C and then someone goes like, oh, in Swift 5 is this line. And the accepted answer was just a hack like this, <laughs> right? That they fix it later on. Like mm. you keep finding this, it sounds like what up called us in a way. Mm. So it will probably got broken in the next release. Or mm. like you will be able to like just delete a bunch of hacky code for like a one line switch. Mm. That but, it actually the, does it properly. But because it's not documented, we don't know which versions of Swift are affected, right? So it's like you you look at back at the iOS versions you support and you wonder, can I remove this? Can I not? I don't know when it was when it began to work. So that makes because all this behavior is not documented anywhere, it's really tricky to, to understand when to update to a better Swift. Yeah. yeah. The thing that bother I think the thing that bothered me the most is that Swift VR wasn't open source. Like that would have been amazing because yeah. we could have already started like 
seeing implementations of it. Like it's been really good to see Swift as open source, and Apple still has control over it, whatever mm-hmm. we like it or mm-hmm. not. It just we get a discussion and opinions about it. I mm-hmm. think I think it will have been really nice to get Swift UI open source. Yeah, and just like get people to like tell them, like make proposals about the things that we need to make this work. And, and you would also be able there. to uh, you would also be able to see if your hack is a hack or you know playing into some intended behavior or something like that. Yeah, I agree. And I think also um, for the longevity in like big software projects, like for example, the design system that I'm working on is fairly big uh, and it just covers Android, iOS and, and the web. And um, seeing their Jetpack Compose in the background and um, seeing it that this open source, I, I know that this will be a driving force in the future. And I think um, having SwiftUI also open source there would make it easier to maybe bring those closer together and would have a big benefit. Do you really want to explain what Jetpack composes? This is really a topic I don't know much about, but it's basically the same idea um, that uh, SwiftUI follows of the declarative approach, um, how, how you describe your UI. So, um, but in Kotlin, basically. So there's, like- there's one, one thing that I wanted to point out about SwiftUI and uh, the whole undocumented thing, and that is one thing that they have never documented, and I doubt they ever will, is the order of um, modifiers that you need to use to achieve something. Because I wanted to have an image that was square with rounded corners, and it did should not bleed outside of the rectangle, and I wanted to set a size for it. Now, that is something that you can do in SwiftUI, but you have to apply the modifiers in a specific order. If you do it wrong, your image will bleed over or your corners will not be rounded. Or So you really have to think about like every modifier creates a new view. So if that view produces that, then I can do that afterwards. That was like, I ran into that yesterday. I was just banging my head against the wall. Like, why does this not work? Like, what if I move this there? And then suddenly it looked beautiful. And I was like, why? And also like this cannot, this, I think this, logically cannot be documented, right? Like Apple cannot tell you, like you have to use this order. And that I wonder if they will ever be able to improve on this. Uh, yeah. But, but, but it has to be documented somewhere internally, right? Because there has yeah. to be some sort of order in the code that at least says, if this modifier was applied first, then this one has to apply, be applied in a different manner. Well, so what they do is they, they apply the modifier then they apply the next one. So they generate a new view for mm-hmm. each one. So if you, for example, first say, this thing should have this and this size and it should have rounded corners. And then after that, you say, the image has to scale, that that produces a specific result. And if you change the order of that, it produces a different result. So it is in some way documented, you can sort of reason about it, but as a newcomer, the guy would just not understand. Like I'm applying all the right things. Yeah, this is really Wrong. something where you need to need to get like a, a feeling for, and that's bad because it would be better if this would be like proper documented. But since, as you said, everything is a view, and everything then will be re- will return the view, it's also very hard to document that those are the right steps because maybe that's something that you want to achieve. Maybe you want to have this view be the tap target that you want to apply to your button. And so it makes sense that this doesn't have the rounded corners because it's something that you maybe want that you can click this, this small area between that. 
And so it's really hard to argue, oh, this is right, because there is so much possibilities of combination where it's really, really tricky. Well, I agree with Donny that maybe documentation, like writing it, might not be the best approach. But this logic of why this happens with images, for example, it could be something that they could do in one of their like dub-dub talks. Like it, that's a type of documentation that you understand is set on a year, right? And it, it's less about telling you like the order, but more about the logic. Because one of the things I'm using SwiftUI now is an app that I'm doing on my own, and it uses filters and images. It just wanted to take a crack at it. And I look at the API and I don't know if you look at the image effects API, but I understood because I took three years of photography school. I understand what that means. Someone else that is just a programmer and doesn't understand hues and like different levels of images cannot read that API at all. So if you, yeah. if you're a programmer, but you don't understand like the idea of like the images and the rounded corners and the scaling, you need to learn about images. <laughs> That's kind of an issue in a sense. I certainly makes that it, I looked uh, at the image filter and um, I didn't understand what I was doing there, but it were nice effects sometimes. <laughs> I, I have an entire like library sort of files that basically has documents about what it does and examples and everything like that. I just made it for myself, but I, it took me like four hours to go through it and I understood most of it. I was very proud that I was using something that I learned in photography school like 10 years ago. So. I think remember that it. on a website somewhere. Just make like a filter syntax.com or something and throw all your notes on there. I was just, I, I picked up photography again and I was helping my cousin with taking pictures of food because she's a cook and we're reading about like different filters and stuff. So I wanted to make an app just for that with like a specific filters for food and guides. So I made a really quick demo for her and it was supposed to be a quick demo and then it ended up with me four hours of the diving into what it can do <laughs> with image processing, obviously. It was really fun. I mean, I feel like in SwiftUI, uh, no, in UIKit, um, we also sometimes have situations where um, the order of uh, commands is important. Like you said, you tell a, Swift, a UI view to do, to do something and then you tell it something else. And sometimes the order matters but very rarely. And when that's the case, I'm usually utterly confused. I remember that. Like, I think the couple of instances where I looked at that, I ran it, it wasn't working. I tried again. I started shifting lines around and then it worked. And then I was happy and still confused. And, but that is hardly the case, but with SwiftUI, it's very often the case. And that's what kind of makes me afraid because I, I know how difficult I found it in UIKit. Yes, I'm sure we all have nightmares about internal inconsistency exceptions. Do you think if there was more like activity on Stack Overflow, like these things are shown there, oh, just do that. And you could, because I have a notes with like links to specific Stack Overflow questions that I keep forgetting and I need to like keep going over, right? So I think like if there was something like that for SuVI, do you think it would make it better? Mm -hmm. But still the community, not Apple, but. <laughs> Many, many years ago, more than 10 years, I think, or maybe 20 years, I was a PHP programmer. And there's one thing to say about the PHP documentation, and that is everybody can comment on it. And so you have this 
documentation for array syntax. So how do you split an array in two and stuff like that? And then you have 500 comments below that. Now, the first comments are all shitty because um, they're too old. But when you scroll down to the bottom or when you sort in another way, you get really up-to-date examples, use cases, and so on, because people can just post that. They don't have to go to GitHub first, do something. They just can post it while they're on the website and looking at the documentation. It was, for me as a beginner back then, really useful. We can't do but that with Apple stuff. Yeah, but Apple is basically doing the same, but they are smart and outsourced it to Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> or Paul, or, or Paul sometimes. Or, or Paul, right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we need this meta meta documentation that takes all the correct posts from Twitter for what I'm currently looking at. Do we know if any of the apps that Apple does actually use with UI besides for the widgets? So I know on, on macOS, at least the whole new system dialogue that you, the notification, the center kind of thing where you change the sound volume and so on in Big Sur is written in SwiftUI. Isn't uh, the Stocks app maybe? Or was that just Catalyst? I think that's what Catalyst. In Catalyst. Mm. I think that there's a website. That we can check. Because I was thinking around that, like one of the reasons I, I thought it was going to be good to like get it to UI and open source was because you can see what people struggle with. Like from an Apple perspective with Swift, you can see the proposals that people put weight on that actually would help their job, right? At the end of the day, the users of Swift UI is us. And mm -hmm. when we work, uh, all of us in apps, we basically try to keep in touch with our users. Mm -hmm. So Apple puts this barrier that we don't know what they're doing. And there doesn't seem to be a way for us to tell us, for example, navigation on and off might be very important. Yeah, you know, that's much really more important point. than something else. Yeah, that's a really good point. What they see is if we do something stupid, like the, the, what happened with the state object thing, because that leads to bugs. And they see that in their end system, and then they're like, well, let's tell them this is stupid. But we wait until the next dub dub. We are not going to tell them earlier. We wait until the dub dub. And, um, but yeah, if you struggle with something along, as you say, then yeah, they don't know what you struggle with. Yeah, I also don't think the, there's any. Uh, you go ahead, Sebastian. Sorry. And there's the the black box of feedback where you can leave some feedback and maybe you get an answer, maybe not. You never know. Um, but I think at least um, that this helped some people in the SwiftUI evolution. Yeah, I also don't think that there's any sort of place where where you can sort of ask for help regarding SwiftUI like the Swift forums. Like I know that some people have been asking the people from the Swift forums like, hey, can we not just take our Swift UI, combine whatever questions here, and then Apple employees will also see it, like they will get feedback, they will be able to help us out and all that stuff. And the forum moderators are basically like, no, this is Swift only, like only the Swift language, we don't want Swift UI. But there's no, like, there's no place that I can think of right now that would make a sensible alternative. Yeah, but or it, it, it already exist. It would it be. Would be great. I'm one of the people that is on the forums as a like a looker, like I don't participate, but I watch. Yeah, me too. And I've learned so much just seeing the discussions between the Apple developers and people who are like really, really smart about language that I've, yeah. for example, never learned in college. Mm. But like how they work, why they're making the, the decisions, like getting, making Studio UI open source and getting on the ground up of seeing, creating that, that would be amazing. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're not ready yet. They didn't make. When did they make Swift open source? It was like Swift this, two after or Swift, three. Well, after Swift two and the open source, let's call it botch version, was then Swift three. That was when Erica submitted like one hundred fifty requests to change everything, and then we had a very different Swift. 
so maybe and last time last time it was i think a day before christmas or something like that or kettle so maybe maybe in a couple of days did a little so birdie tell you something waiting. benedict hmm? that would be awesome <laughs> did a little something. birdie tell you something about no. a day before christmas with swift ui no. maybe as well no no birdies around you sad no. times but but if it happens you heard it here first folks <laughs> definitely <laughs> Go on, Berta. Sorry. No, I was gonna say that would be really cool, but it gets it would make sense if they did it on three or four, like get the base covered by themselves without input, and then open it. Just they could tell us that they're planning on doing this, like yeah, yeah. And that the, was all the that case. secrecy, like. <laughs> and that was the case for Swift, right? That they said from the beginning we are going to open source it, and back then everybody was saying, well, this will be open source like FaceTime, and so which means never, but in they open source yeah I, I do think one one problem that they will have when open sourcing swift ui is that it depends on ui kit it depends mm -hmm. on probably quartz core and whatnot so the, the source code would probably be relatively sparse and you would not be able to sort of run it outside of apple system but i would be fine with that like if as long as i can see just the swift ui parts like i don't need to see what ui kit works like like who cares about ui kit now that's going to be gone in 10 years anyway but it would be good to see like what does the swift ui part of this do and then let Apple I, close source the rest. Like that would be fine, I think. I think the one of the problems is that um, it probably has a very interesting integration with UIKit where it's calling a lot of private stuff that we don't know about, that yeah. they don't want us to know about. And then that would mean a refactoring to only use the public API of UIKit and that would take time. Maybe it would have predictable behavior if they use only public APIs. Have you ever if you go to if you are at DuckDuck um, and you talk to the developers, you run very quickly into the situation where they tell you to use a specific function and you say that function doesn't exist on your iKit. And then they're like, oh, it's not public? Let me check. And <laughs> because they have the public and the private API and they have no idea what is public and what is not. And so whenever you talk to them, they're like, really? That's not public? No, it's not. Oh, okay, sorry. Then we can't do that. I think the the my my favorite thing about getting to know like developers at Google or Apple that make these systems that you use all the time is realizing that they're just like us. Yes. <laughs> they literally go through the same issues and do the same stuff and they just like have this tunnel vision sometimes too. The but only difference is they cannot like... talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we all have things we cannot technically talk about it, I guess. True, true. So I want. I did want to ask one question though. Like, um, Sebastian, you you said that you were doing the, um, the design system. You're also dead though. So how? What do you mean? What do you mean using Swift UI for the design system? Um, so yeah, um, I think we um, established a design system that uh, is already in use, and um, we made the decision to offer the components at this point in time in both frameworks. And um, that means that we actually have a functioning um, button that has the different styles that we offer on our platform. And um, this is that has different um, looks and behaviors. And this is completely written in SwiftUI. And developers can go in there. And if they use SwiftUI for their section that they work on, they can include this button. And um, it's, it's already there. So there is um, shipped SwiftUI code in um, our app. Nice. 
and it mixes well with the rest. Like grabbing something about Andalus Eastern Swift VI and putting in a UI kit view. So um, what we most often do is um, that we have a system that is um, for the navigation that is still in UI kit. And that's in general the recommendation that I would give to anyone to let the navigation handling still do this in UI kit. And in the cells, we actually then put hosting views that are then written in Swift UI. That's, that's the theory how most of this, those cells uh, work. And it also gives us the option to replace things that are like the top part can still be in UI kit. Then there is a cell that is containing Swift UI code, and then we ha you have your iKit again, which actually works quite well. And um, we were surprised how good this actually works. Uh, on my private app, I started doing that because for the navigation too, and trying to like create a view on Swift UI, but still have like the entire navigation and UI kit. So that's why I was asking, like, how if you had any problems merging these things together. Can so I think me? one, yeah, I wasn't sure if it was just me. So uh, one problem <laughs> definitely is that um, when the SwiftUI view resizes, then UI kit is utterly confused. It doesn't know about SwiftUI's layout system and it will just not resize. And so you have to add extra work to somehow find a manageable way to get the resizing to work. Uh, for me, I found that uh, the thing that worked better was creating components in SwiftUI, like small parts, and then having like the big, like I have one that is um, like the camera view, for example, is completely in UI kit and then all the little buttons and components, those are created with UI, I, with Swift UI. I'm mixing yeah. them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really easy. Yeah, we also noticed that there um, are a lot of like points in time where you say, okay, I will use Swift UI here or sometimes you just fall back to, to UI kit. I have a really good example which is something that I'm currently working on, which is a carousel view. Um, I already worked on that, but if you like looked in SwiftUI, you maybe noticed that there is no way in iOS 13 to figure out where in a scroll view you currently are. This is now um, um, possible in iOS 14, but um, we still support iOS 13 and 14. So um, I can't make use of those APIs. And um, that makes like a carousel where you can scroll between different cells really hard. And um, working on that was quite interesting because in the first iteration, um, there was an approach where um, it was just h stack that then was calculated um, the, by calculated position. And by, by swiping, um, we moved this around. And it didn't work at all because the, the normal problem of like, if you begin to scale, if there are size changes, this all needs to be recalculated and it's really easy to do bugs. And um, now there's a different approach, which I'm currently working on and um, where I make use of the new collection view diffable layout. And that's actually really, really nice to have a combination of um, the newest UI kit implementation because those are also very nice. Goes back to what you said earlier that when you now go to Stack Overflow and you see how you can use a collection view, this new way of using a collection view is really like one line or two lines and a lot of code that you don't need to write. And that's really awesome. And it always makes sense if you build bigger components to look, do I need this, uh, do I need to write this completely in Swift UI? Or maybe it's a better way to just wrap UI kit in this po um, point. So what's easier or better to write in Swift UI? I'm sorry? What's easier or better to write in Swift UI? Like if you um, were making a, an entire view. 
I, I think it's really easy to do things like button and decomposing of, of elements is something that I really, really like in SwiftUI. Um, and, and text, buttons, all those small components, um, organizing them in H stacks, V stacks, and Z stacks is um, really nice and really awesome. It's something that I already did in UIKit a lot um, since we have stack views, um, where I fo followed like a similar pattern already, but it's much, much nicer to do that in SwiftUI. I'll keep that in mind when I'm building my builds. I'm using your entire podcast to learn stuff, Bene. I don't know if you know this. So that other people do my work for me. I see <laughs> you're even taking notes. I am. Yeah. And I have questions <laughs> written. Perfect. <laughs> I'm taking this very I'm taking this very seriously. I have very little time and I wanted to get on with the app. So this is like helping me. <laughs> I'm only going on this podcast if the people help me. Exactly. Let me share my also, screen. I have this problem. I need a solution on. Nah, just that much. To, I close next door. <laughs> just wanted Sorry. to say, next year's episode, uh, next time the episode has a live component where you can see the screen, and then we do a pairing session. <laughs> Mock programming. No, I, I came for that, and also because you said that we could drink while we did it. I so, hope we are drinking, right? Everybody's here. Cheers. Yes, we, Cheers. Yes, we are. Cheers. It's a, it's a uh, Merry Christmas episode. Yes, it's a Christmas so, party. So, what are everybody's Christmas plans? Like, is anybody able to do anything, or are we all just staying at home with my parents? But it's well, I mean, crazy Spanish family. Usually, there's like thirty-two or thirty-five of us during Christmas. <laughs> Obviously, not this year. Now it's so only fifteen. Like no, the maximum <laughs> is ten. Okay. But it's still oh, good. Ten. You can still have a nice dinner with 10 people. I, I had Spanish neighbors. Um, there's no silent night. <laughs> yeah, that's us. <laughs> it's very fun. It was very, very fun Christmas uh, times. Yeah, we're also here. We celebrate three days of Christmas, the 24th, the 25th, and the 26th. Nice. So it's three full days of eating, drinking, and seeing different families, obviously. Because I have 35 on one side and then I have 25 on the other. So it's a lot of people to see, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> this year is going to be a chill Christmas. Usually I end up tired. Like I, finish, <laughs> I only start vacations for me on the 27th. Christmas is like working. Almost. <laughs> it's so, so that's also why you took off like so many days into the next year. It's all to recover from the crazy yes. Christmas days. Yes, and also because the six is also a holiday here, and mm. it's on Wednesday, so I was like, let's just or a Tuesday, I don't remember, but I was like, let's just grab two more days and make it yeah. like an entire extra week, you know? Make it a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. The schools are actually only starting on the 11th this year here also. They were like, let's give the, ch the parents two, three days that they have to spend with their children more for coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> well, that makes sense. <laughs> it would be fun. Yes, but it's also a lockdown. You cannot leave the house after like, I think Christmas day is like 1 a.m., but that's super early for Spanish people. Like we barely finished dinner at that point. So basically my house, it's, we're going to do a sleepover. Every, anyone who comes on the 24 to eat dinner, it's just staying over. I love it. Should be fun. It sounds like a fun Christmas, even now with the COVID <laughs> yeah. restrictions. Yeah, we do our best. That's why the numbers like are stable at like 
sort of a stable and then going a little bit up and then down, but they never like go to no numbers because <laughs> you cannot keep us from like doing this again. That was, May was terrible. We're not doing this again. They're saying that they're going to stop the bars and restaurants again uh, in the afternoon, only open in the morning. And everyone that I know was like, not again. I need to drink. <laughs> so you're now you're all going me. to drink in the mornings and then everything yeah. gets progressively worse from, okay. Okay, sounds, sounds we great. Just, we just became like Germans and British people. We all meet at 5 p.m. now for drinking because at 10, we all have to be home. And then you just drink so just, everything you can get your hands on. Yes, pretty much. Nice. Which is obviously how the numbers keep going up, you know? But <laughs> hey, at least they're going nice. up steadily. Like you guys have sort of, you have a cadence and you're keeping it up. That's good. We try, my, but it's also my, Christmas. My favorite story is how the English thought that if they reduced the drinking range, so instead of letting people drink until 11, they just let them drink until 8, people would be less drunk, but there was no change. People were just as drunk only earlier. I still love that story. Who in government thought that was a good idea? They tried the same here. They were like, let's close all the bars at 11. But then there were, of course, all the evening and night shops. So everybody just went there to get booze. And they were like, okay, so you know what we should do? We should not sell booze anymore after eight. As if people are physically incapable of buying booze before it's 8 p.m. So it, it didn't work. And now everything is closed here as well. So yay. Yeah, same here. So they're going to try this of like just closing the bars in the afternoon and restaurants, but leaving them open for lunchtime. Right? So that makes total sense. Like it, you, they can only be open for like two hours during the morning for breakfast. And then uh, around two to three hours, like 1, 1 p.m. to like four um, for, for like lunch, right? And most of the bars are like, yeah, because that's definitely going to help us like monetarily. Like, yeah, it's not even like, what do you mean? Like, it's not even worth it to be open. Like, I can only open like three hours a day. Like, <laughs> and every it, outside, I can only put 50% of the people inside 30. Yeah, that, that's definitely going to help us. <laughs> So, yeah, Sounds... we'll just drink inside. It's fine. Yeah, with ten people, just have a sleepover. Donny, what That's are you great. going to do for uh, for, for Christmas? Christmas. Uh, so I'm going to have a brunch at my wife's parents with just a few people, and then we are going to have dinner at my parents with my sister and her boyfriend. And that's about it. The rest of the time, we're just going to be at home. We have restrictions where you can only have a few people over, so we cannot have a big family of 10, unfortunately, uh, but, you know, we'll be fine. It's going to be, it's going to be a special Christmas. Mm. What about you? So I just moved into a new apartment yesterday uh, with my girlfriend, and it's, so we, we are currently living among boxes. Um, and I guess most of Christmas will be spent unpacking and, you know, making this a livable uh, experience. Usually I always go visit my mother on Christmas and it's been, this is like the first time in my life that I'm not doing that because she's over 70 and I'm, in order to get there, I would need to take a six hour train ride. And I'm just afraid that even if I get a Corona a quick test, um, if I end there after six hour train ride, there's just a certain chance that I get catch something. And she will probably get the vaccine very early and as part of a risk group. And so my, my decision is to stay here where I live, um, do like make the apartment proper and so um, 
do the Christmas thing here, maybe meet some friends outside for a walk. And then once my mother is vaccinated in February, probably I will just celebrate Christmas in February with her because it's never been snowing in December in Germany in the past 10 years, I guess. And in February, there was always snow. So we will have a snowy Christmas in February. That's how it that goes. sounds bring fantastic. bring boxes and everything. We will listen to that Christmas music. Great. Yeah, that's the idea. So the important question that. here is, did you gift wrap everything you put in your that moving was my boxes? Question as well, to get so that, yeah, so your Christmas is unpacking everything. <laughs> that would have been a very nice idea. You should have told me that earlier. We didn't do that, no. But maybe tonight, you should have asked me for advice. Right. I'm full of great ideas. Maybe, maybe tonight I can get up while my girlfriend is asleep and then gift wrap all the boxes that are in the living room. Yeah. Just a few random items, so she's surprised when she finds another gift, and then she finds out that every gift that you have given her this Christmas was something she already owned. <laughs> that is such a smart idea. But those are uh, gifts that you need, right? Because yes. otherwise you wouldn't have to. It, so there's a, there's a reason you already owned that. <laughs> yes. I think I do that every Christmas for now, and I just take something away from her, and then she's like, oh, no, this is gone. And you say, well, I guess you lost it. Oh, no, I'm sad. And then you give it back to her in the packaging. It's the best gift. She needed it. Yeah, she still has to unpackage it and, like, put it, like, like where it's supposed to go in the new house. <laughs> yeah. The gift should have been, like, her. she gets an entire day, like Christmas Day, to just sit down in the couch and drink while he unpacks. That should be the, the gift that he unpacks and she does nothing for an entire day. Yeah, that, that would be a perfect gift. That would yeah. be the best gift. Yeah. yeah. But let's I mean, not give her big, that idea. No, I mean, in which direction does the friendship go, right? Am I the one drinking and she's the one I'm picking? Is me the one I'm picking? You, know? you, you could take turns. <laughs> it, it gets as experience trying to unpack while drink and also build furniture ends up with a table that you built last kind of wobbly <laughs> just so you know and forgetting when you pack where you put most of the kitchen stuff yeah we'll transition right into easter where you then need to find stuff yeah well, i had some easter eggs yeah. in all the places yeah, I think a lot of people, like at least people that I know here that are from like other places in Europe, they're staying here. So they're like making group of friends to spend Christmas with and just going like, we'll see my parents later. Like parents are old, you have to take a plane. The PCR tests cost a fortune. Mm -hmm. So not really worth it. It's a bit, yeah. it's a weird year, honestly. Very. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm very looking forward to the next one. And get this one over with already. Sometimes it feels we're still in April. Yeah, I was actually thinking that maybe we should introduce like, you know how sometimes they decide that the earth was spinning a little bit faster than we thought and they introduce like a leap second. I think we should just like on December 31st, 12 o'clock, instead of going to January 1st, 2021, we just do January 1st, 2020. For two reasons. One, forget 2020 ever happened. We to, to make sure this dumpster fire of a year does not leak into 2021. We just <laughs> keep so repeating smart, yeah. 2020 until everything's fine. Yeah, and then we go 2020 to has a branding problem. I don't think people <laughs> would accept 2020 anymore. Well, I mean, what if it's 2021 is going to be like 20? Yes. Well, I mean, it's the just going to be the same. And that's the whole reason to do it again. Like, yeah, you want 2021 to be a good year. 
like Tim Cook says when he stands on the on the uh, like at the end says this is the best iPhone we've ever done like it's still the iPhone just the best iPhone because it's it's, a it's the best 2020 we did yeah. <laughs> we can't wait to see what you do with it <laughs> I, am I mean people have done some amazing things with the year but it's yes. still kind of it still sucked <laughs> yeah yeah still sucked uh, for majority the when you said that like override it it might remind me do you know about the like the blood poisoning on World of Warcraft. There was like this bug on the system of World of Warcraft where uh, people got this disease that if they were lower level players, uh, it got a spread between them and they just like avatar just died. And not like you get reset, like it was gone. Good luck to you. And it <laughs> spread and it became such a monumental thing that actually the CDC used the data of how the community like worked around this and uh, how it spread as actual data for a virus, right? And uh, everyone was saying at the time, I think I think it happened like three years ago or like a little bit more. I don't remember what happened, but people were saying that that was not real data because in a real life situation, people wouldn't be that selfish. <laughs> now, <laughs> How yeah, naive exactly. they were. <laughs> and no now idea. you compare you compare like the lower like super higher level players were like this virus is nothing it doesn't affect you because they had such a high level that they didn't die right there were people who were like selling cures that were fake and it's like you read the entire like thing that they came out of that they knew about this and uh, that people did on a game to like this year and you're like yeah and then you ask the question how did they solve it they rewrote time literally they delete they deleted three weeks of uh, server information and went literally back in time on the game because at that moment, the spread was so high that they just couldn't contain it. So, yeah, I guess we need to overwrite 2020. Yeah, Sounds I'm, good. I'm in. I love that idea. <laughs> yeah. <Right? laughs> so who do we send an email? Like Jeff Bezos, so he can just delete like one year worth of Amazon server data? Like half of the internet on there, right? So that would... Right. I mean, help. If the internet gets set back one year, then we don't nothing about about COVID because all the COVID information is gone. You have really good ideas. Yeah, but, but I we think Jesus is one of the higher level players that benefited from all of this. So maybe not him. Yeah. Is we it could, bad that I immediately thought, oh shit, this is gonna give me problems with dates in my in my app? <laughs> no, no, that's perfectly fine. That calendars are always tricky. We yes. have more years that disappeared from a calendar. I think they're they're there's a precedent for this. Yeah, they definitely think, skipped years every once in a while. So I'm sure we can do a do-over for a year. I think when like I have grandchildren or like 35 years from now, people are like gonna make books about this year and things they did and movies. stuff. And movies. And like people who has nothing about this, they would come and go, was it really that bad? And we'll be like, I'm still drinking. <laughs> <laughs> since that year like oh yeah that happened i kind of blacked out it from memory because everything else happened and then they'll look at our numbers and behaviors and they'll be like oh it's 2050 people will never be that selfish it's, yes and then and then three years again. later and then it's yeah this is it's gonna be i don't like living through history i've decided i want to live in the years where enough no important shit happened mm -hmm. Yeah, just the boring ones. Yeah, this is too stressful. I don't like it. Right, Sebastian, what are you doing for Christmas? Nothing special, to be honest. Uh, we will just 
bunker up here, my wife and I, and we'll eat a lot of food, we'll have a lot of drinks, and then at some point it's January. Sounds good. You know what I'm happy about? No New Year parties. I hate yes. New Year's. It is it's the worst. Really good point, yeah. Right? I'll be able to like calmly see the fireworks from my apartment without having fireworks. to say no. They're, they're forbidden that here. We don't have fireworks in Germany. They're forbidden this year. Here too. Oh, Although well, I, I have to say that I have seen more fireworks this month throughout December than I normally have seen in December. But that's just people who still had fireworks protesting against. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. It's, start, it's starting here as well. Uh, but we, we also heard fireworks already. Yeah, like it's almost every day where, where somebody will set off a bunch of fireworks uh, in protest against the whole fireworks a, ban. Oh, that's okay. That makes more sense, I guess. No, so, I think they are mostly because they are still going to tape, like in Plaza España, they usually tape it there and it's usually full of people. I think they're still going to tape it, but no people. So it's just mm -hmm. going to be like the Krama crew and, and like the people who tape to like give a sense of normalcy in that sense. So I don't understand why they wouldn't put fireworks. You know, they do it every year. There's just going to be the people who work there. Mm. Maybe they yeah. won't. That would be really sad. Yeah, so the way it works here is like everybody buys his own, their own firework, goes outside in groups, and then everybody fires stuff into the other groups of people. Here too, yeah. Uh, no, here is like the government sets ah, fireworks. Okay. Into yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like all the colleagues I have from other countries that are not Germany or the Netherlands, they always say like Amsterdam turns into a war zone for like one and a half hours. It's like they're afraid that they're going to be hit in the face by fireworks. And it's just like, what is happening here? Why is this even allowed? But it's everybody setting off explosives on the street. So That's actually a good year. point. By, by rewriting the year, we also could do maybe something about when we celebrate actually um, um, the New Year's. Because if you live in a northern um, like climate zone like, like we do, it's actually very dark and very, very cold for an outside party. So why not move the New Year to somewhere where it's actually a little bit nicer and you could like celebrate outside? Yeah, we're rewriting time anyway. Yeah. Well, a bunch of my friends are went back to Argentina and Brazil to like spend Christmas like a two, week, two months ago or something like that. And um, it's summer for them. Like all of their all of their food, like all of their typical Christmas food, it's all cold, which is completely bizarre to me. <laughs> but like all of their Christmas food is cold and summery, and that's and they do like a Fourth of July party, but like in the January first, it has to be fun. But for us in Spain, the fireworks thing that you have in New Year's is in June, the 29th of June. It's called San Juan, and everyone who's not from here gets really freaked out because basically they give a bunch of like five-year-old children fireworks to throw on the street. It is awesome if you're a child <laughs> and you've grown up with it. But it's a hard time for cats, dogs, and expats. Yes, basically. Yes. And adults. Like I'm starting to be bothered at the child's now, but I remember how fun it was to blow shit up. So I, I don't say anything. But on 29th of June, we had just come out of a lockdown. So we were actually allowed to celebrate it with almost no restrictions. And then two weeks later, there was a fucking spike on cases because people threw like parties, like 35 plus 50 people parties while throwing fireworks. In, uh, in the German city of Cologne, because fireworks are forbidden this year, um, the, the uh, city council came up with this idea that I heard about today. Um, people are encouraged to, at uh, midnight, um, turn their lights on and off in their apartments, and when everybody does a dancing, <laughs> they make like fireworks. 
I'm not joking. Who's the PR department for this city? Do they need new people? Because I'll do it. That's like the college that people were graduating and send them like individual confetti for them to throw on themselves. And it just works so much worse. That is true, by the way. There are TikToks about it. And it's just like this little bag full of confettis and people had to throw it on themselves. It's just like so much worse. It just meant well. Yeah, but like pretending that everything is normal, it's not. It's not. So yeah, it's don't, so just don't do it, you know? Like, it's fine. We'll survive. <laughs> You need to update me to see if people actually do it. Then I need to know if people actually do the live thing. I will. Uh, I will check YouTube afterwards to see if there are videos of that. I'm also curious what it looks like. I have friends living there. I will also ask them if they are going to join that party or if everybody goes to bed early. <laughs> that would be great. I mean, when it was lockdown, people were throwing like graves on their balconies, like literally, like putting like a DJ set on the balcony. But it was also like summertime, sort of. Mm. Um, and so I'm, was, I'm wondering if they're going to do something like that for New Year's. Mm. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, if you are in lockdown, you could create it, right? That's something we saw. Yeah, but this could be an issue here in Germany. I mean, we have a good example from yesterday where we had the company-wide party that was also remote, where we had different uh, people playing music for us. And first we had from someone from Barcelona playing music and it was very nice. And then I think we had someone from Vienna playing music. It was very nice. And there was a band from Germany and they played uh, music from their flat and they played two songs. And then the neighbors um, ring the bell and said, okay, what are you doing there? <laughs> so welcome to Germany. Probably not what you said from your balcony. <laughs> uh, many, years ago, <laughs> many years ago, I lived in a uh, different German city and we had a party in an apartment with friends and there were like I would say 30 people and then we saw the police car was coming like it was 11 p.m police was coming because we were too loud and people had to learn for whatever they were doing at university and we thought you know we're going to be smart we all hide in one room and then one guy is under in underpants opens the door for the police and says sorry what party so that was our idea and so we all hid in that one room and the, he, he, pen, he went into the underpants and then he went to the door he opened the door and then he saw 50 pairs of shoes standing outside the apartment he was like no i'm not going to be able to sell this <laughs> is there a party here no why do you have 50 pairs of shoes i like shoes <laughs> i'm sorry but a shoeless party sounds like a terrible idea like it sounds like you end up with your socks full of alcohol like here you get that there's been parties here like secret parties and like industrial places and stuff and the police keeps raiding them and things which is yeah it happens i guess so they're probably new years there's just gonna be a bunch of people like that but mm -hmm. in our company we did the end of the week like meeting we do every friday and most people are online but we can use the offices if we want and we have a terrace. So even now in the cold, we just go upstairs in the terrace and like put each other separate. And we just like listen to the end of the week where there's like 30 people. So at least you're not alone. And we got called, like the police came like a couple of times. 
because they thought we were doing a party and we we're like, we're just doing a business meeting. And everyone was like a split and we're wearing the mask and like sitting down in their space and everything. But yeah, the, a couple of times my CEO had to like get out from the call and pass the mic to someone else to go explain to the police <laughs> why we're in a terrace speaking to a microphone. <laughs> so I think it's more than just German people. Everyone is just a little bit weird now. I wonder I, what things we're gonna keep. Like, we're gonna... I, like what things we're gonna keep. We're gonna spend, you know, how mm. you like give two kisses to people you just met instead of just like nodding <laughs> or saying hi. Yeah, you know how it's weird mm. for people from outside but you give two kisses. I am 100% okay that just disappears after <laughs> after this year. Like 100% okay. Like my space, you know, mm. like <laughs> safety space. I would like that to stay. That mm. and the concerts where you also have your space and people wearing masks outside when they have a cold, something mm. like that. Like, and inside, like if they go to the supermarket and they have a cold, please yes. wear. Them. I would love that to stay, but yeah. Yeah, yeah it would and be nice. A personal space. Mm. Oh, it's so nice big, to the big lines fan, now. Yeah. Big mm. fan. Yeah, that's true. Space, yeah. But I'm, but I like I, I hope I'm not getting weird. I'm, I have this feeling that when I'm coming out of this, I'm, I'm weird. So let's see what happens. Yeah, that Everybody, happens. Like if someone tries to hug you, you do. Yeah, this already happened. So I'm really scared about that. I think everybody will come out of this a bit weird. Yeah, I, I also think we probably spend way too much time with our pets. Like. I don't know. I spent a lot of time with my cats during this whole quarantine thing. I don't know if I can treat humans as humans or if I started treating my cats like humans. Like, I don't know what the difference is anymore. I don't think that's an issue, spending too much time with your cats. I think that's great. It, it okay. is, but it's like sort of, I don't know how my interactions with humans will be after this. Like, you know. The, the, the good thing about global pandemic everyone will be weird and everyone will have to readjust so it's fine in a way everybody will understand <laughs> exactly everyone will be weird differently i guess but it happened <laughs> the same as sebastian like someone tried to hug me and i was like no like space what please are you, what are you trying to do here like what is the end game <laughs> have you watched movies from like before covid and there's like, they, they are at a concert or something like that. There's a bunch of people and you immediately go like, oh, that seems dangerous. And you're like, yeah, what the hell? Yeah, it looks weird. Yeah, I, I watched Ted Lasso and there was this place where they go into a club and I'm like, why are they wearing masks? And there's people everywhere. It felt very weird. Me too. Yeah, yeah it's often it's way too close. I don't know if I want that to stay. Like, mm. it's nice that we're all aware and everyone has a PhD on viruses and how they work now, but it's it's very weird. It, it's, I, it's very weird that in the process of a year, like my entire brain, I was able to shift so much. I actually, like, when I think of when COVID's over and my friends are like, hey, let's go to a bar, like that thought is so weird. Like we're gonna go to a bar and then sort of stand close to each other to order drinks and then like we'll have like this big can of beer and we'll just pour out for everybody and we'll all touch it and like you'll 
you know, and be not sure which glass was yours, just take, take whichever one is close to you. Like, I think this one was mine. And that all seems so weird right now. Like, I, I know that it's going to happen sooner or later. Like, we're going to go back years. to that. But it, it just feels like, uh, I don't mm. know. But you used to do that? Like just share glasses of beer. Not share glasses, but it's more like you you buy a big pitcher full of beer, and you pour glasses out for everybody, and then you put your glass on the table. You have like twenty glasses on the table, and then at some point you're like, I know that I just poured a fresh one. There's two fresh beers. I was standing here the whole time. This one is most likely mine, but maybe not. But who cares? It's my twentieth beer anyway. So yay. Yes, that that yeah, happens. As, it happens. As a girl, I always know which one is my glass. That I also can imagine. I also would never do that with a stranger, by the way. This would be on the table where I am with my friends. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to go into that. So I, I, I can totally understand. I, am, I can imagine that. I same subjects. But I think it's, it's, it's nice staying home with your pets. Um, I have more the problem that I'm staying home with the neighbor's pets. And I know, really know which neighbor has which dog. <laughs> do do your neighbors know that you have all their pets now? No, I hear them. Like like I I, ah. I know when when this um, dog is is not happy. I know when this dog is not happy. Um, I know which flat it is. Hmm. But they Just don't texting hear. Texting your neighbors like, hey, I think you right, should right. go walk your dog. <laughs> I is any a... of you going? No, Sorry, I was going to ask. No, but, but is any on. of you? Is any of you going to go back to an office full-time? I don't think full-time, no. I think I will at least do one to two days of home office once I'm vaccinated. Yeah, thankfully, together with the um, corona restrictions, also um, our company thought about like how they want to do home office and they introduced a 50-50 split per month. And I will continue making use of that and I will continue staying in the home office, which is actually quite quite a nice place to work. Um, I will probably join the office for meetings and get togethers. Do you, what do you think all these big companies are going to do? Like Google and Apple who have those campuses that are huge and like have like food and stuff like that. Do you think they're just going to go back to that or people are just going to say no? <laughs> Probably a mix. I, I think for some people, like those campuses are actually an important part of their like social interactions and all that kind of stuff. So I, I think there's definitely going to be a, a, a significant group of people who will want to go back to a campus, to an office, to you know a lunchroom and all that kind of stuff. But I imagine there's also going to be a lot of people that will be like, no, I don't want to commute for an hour to, to some campus to do something I can do at home. I was, uh, I'm hoping that they might change the company's mind. So one day maybe I can work for Apple without having to move to San Francisco. I yeah. really don't want to live there. <laughs> it would be great if, if this does teach companies to be like more open, like to still provide an office for those that want it, but also to be more open to remote work. Because obviously like people can work remotely. People have been showing that for, for a year, like the companies are still running, things are being delivered, so. There were yeah. a bunch of companies here that didn't speak about remote at all, like completely couldn't be done. It's not going to work. And then in like a week and a half, they made it work. And I know a couple, I know more than a couple of developers that quit because of that. 
So like we've been hearing that this cannot be done for two years and you did it in a year, in a, in a week and a half when you needed to. And there was just like around the summer after restrictions and then they were like, fuck this. Like, <laughs> but can we swear? I'm <laughs> sorry. I fucking um, hope so. <laughs> I will try to mute it all. No, we can swear. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> It's a Christmas party. Come on. Yeah, it's a Christmas yeah. party. With, with, with <laughs> alcohol on, on every side. I, yeah, the I more I drink, the more I swear. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Same for me. I have a trivia question. Um, I totally forgot to ask that at the beginning when we were talking about SwiftUI. And I'm sorry, I have to go back to SwiftUI. But it's a fun trivia question. Let's go. So there's the new SF symbols that you probably heard of to um, display nice icons in your app where you want them instead of having a designer do that for you. And um, you can do a image with a system name and then you give him the, give the image the SF symbol um, icon name, let's say house, for example, or plus. But each of these icons is also available in a rounded version and in a very bold version and in a light version. So when you have an image of a, uh, a, a with an SF symbol, how do you make it go round? You're Is making it, me would, think. Would that be a modifier? Would that be the, an additional parameter to the image? What, what do you think? What makes sense? What do you mean make it go round? Like is well, the, you is the, the icon the round, contained in a circle or? No, you want the, the rounded version of the plus. Not the, it's in the uh, string of the it's yeah. in the name of the of the image. It's like plus it's, dot rounded or something yeah, like dot that. Dot round or something. No, that's not true. It's not what? true. No. What? But this is how you make it filled, right? Fill? No, they, it's yeah, so the version the, the versions was a dot. Um, basically there's a fill version, there, there are different versions there, but that's not how you make the image um how you tell it to use a different image for the uh, that is round or that is very bold. So the way you do it's that something is like one... the stroke, right? No, it's Never also mind, not the stroke because it's an image, right? It's uh, you're displaying an image, and the stroke would be so that also doesn't work. But it's also an idea. So the way that works, and it's utterly confusing to me, and I don't think any it's not documented. And I, I have no idea why they do it that way, and it's insane. Is you give it the font weight modifier. So if you want the image to be bold, you give it the font weight bold. If you want the image to be rounded, you give it the font design rounded. Because internally, SF symbols is a font, but you use it as an image. I get what you mean. You don't mean the circle around it. You mean that the, the edges are round, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh sorry. Because, I, yeah. Why, sure why do we use it as an image when it's a font <laughs> and we need to apply the, the modifiers of a font? Probably because whoever came up with it looked at CSS and JavaScript and were like, icon fonts. Now that is something we need. It's very good. Yeah, because JavaScript, there. JavaScript is the language to copy for sure. <laughs> well, Definitely I mean, one hundred percent. I mean, Swift UI is is to me it looks like it was very much based on a JavaScript framework too. So I agree. That's a good point. You're disagree. not selling Swift UI to me <laughs> at this moment. Selling a JavaScript framework to you. <laughs> Oh God, that's worse. One more whiskey and I will be pretending to want to sell React Native to you all. Oh God. No, I I went into mobile the moment that someone told me I could use Java on it and I could quit JavaScript because it was so frustrating for me at the time. That one before TypeScript. TypeScript I'd probably be okay with, 
but JavaScript was just, I was learning and the fact of like, it just wouldn't cooperate was so frustrating. It wouldn't cooperate. <laughs> it would part not. I, the part where I sort of noped out was when like JavaScript was okay, but then you had to build like your whole pipeline, like your entire own compiler basically before you could even write JavaScript. And then when you would write mm -hmm. it, so it was like, no, you can write this other pipeline that takes like one byte off of your compiled code and it's much better. And you're like, okay, I'm going to go to Swift now. Bye. And I always so have fun when I look at it. And, and I, I think there are a lot of great technologies. Um, the only thing that probably where iOS development like forever, like, like made me, made me useless to those technologies is where every time I look at dependencies, because normally you don't have that many dependencies in your project and when you then go into the javascript and the web world it's like okay this is all a dependency and um this is something where i often struggle with i have a lot of fun with the technology but i always struggle with like i'm totally fine accepting another dependency uh, the number of times where where i would have a project and sort of git pull and then suddenly this compiled pipeline that we had built wouldn't work the process is basically nuke your node, node modules Update NPM, update node, then reinstall the node modules and probably it will work. You yeah. never know which, which dependency sort of was updated on your coworkers machine. And if it was only their node modules and not their node version and you updated your node version, installing the NPM modules would use a different version and then they would have to do the same thing because you broke their dependencies and that kind of stuff. That was, ugh, don't like it. Every time I talk to developers, I have flashbacks to talking to people who have never done code and they actually trust the systems, like the computer and the apps and stuff. They're like, well, no, I did something wrong, you know? Or like, oh, no, it's just, I probably did something wrong, wrong doing this. And I'm like, nah, it's probably about just closing and opening <laughs> it again. <laughs> it's just like every time, like, I'm like scared at the same time. It's like, mm -hmm. like being a bank app has to be such a pressure in that sense. It's, <laughs> it's, also, a... it's also really tricky to explain plain to people why there are bugs. Like you run sometimes run into people who are like, why, why are there bugs? Why don't they just get rid of the bugs? And it's like, yeah. So as a, in, as Woman Cookout, we try to like get more goals into tech, right? And one of the things that someone in my network said that it was just like, was like, oh, that makes sense, is that we always think that code is like math. But I don't think it is. I think it's like language. So like a lot of people know English and they can write and a lot of people can try to write a book, right? But some novels will be much better and sometimes they will be much better because they have an editor, like PR reviews. Sometimes it will be the same words, but done much worse and you cannot read any of it. And that makes more, more so much more sense when you explain it to people that code is like writing a book in that sense. Some people do yeah. it better, some people do it worse, and some people lose what the fuck point they were trying to make in the middle of it. Yeah. It's a little bit more like language than it is about math, really. And that's how we fuck up all the time, basically. <laughs> but yeah, it's always, it always makes me so, like, JavaScript for me is like uh, trying to write an Android app on Eclipse. Like, it was just so frustrating. Like you, like you would copy the code, like delete the file, open a new file, paste the code, and now that would work. And it was the exact same thing. It's, no, never again. 
think that's uh, a nice final note. <laughs> Never again. Because it also applies, yeah, because it also applies to 2020. Yes, I didn't, I didn't even talk about, it's like Eclipse. I also wanted to talk about the experience I had with um, Catalyst and SwiftUI, and I will not do that, but I will also end that with Never Again, uh, because that is <laughs> a, a bug of things that are terrible and never ends to be terrible. My favorite one is buttons that stop working when you put them in scroll views. And yeah, let's, let's not go down there. It's, so there's a lot of stuff we didn't touch, but um, I feel we had a very fun and nice episode. And uh, yeah. I learned a lot about uh, Spanish Christmas, I have to say. Yes. That's what happens when you give me alcohol and a mic. <laughs> but it sounds like a good plan. You should do it more often, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, do you end up like asking like people who might listen questions or something, Ben? Well, we haven't done that in a long time, um, but people can always um, ask questions to the Contravariance account. And I think I should look at the comments written, write to, written to it again. I stopped doing that. That was Bas' job and uh, he mostly looked into that. So I have to get accustomed to that again. Those are some big shows to fill. Yeah. I don't know how that man did so many things with the same amount of time that I have every day. <laughs> And you did a lot of cooking that you you didn't really see all the stuff you brought to the office. I have got pictures. Yeah, but they're useless. It's it's really good when you when you can experience this cooking. That's that's much better. I got I also get care packages. That's good. <laughs> yeah. well, I was wondering because we talked about about like 2020 and obviously no one wants to do it again, but obviously not everything has been bad so i think it would be nice to like end on a good note instead of never again <laughs> kind of a little bit pessimist in that way so let's end on a good note i think we can yeah. all say like one thing that we're proud of or happy about in 2020 yeah i can do that so do you want to start Donnie? i have too many things to pick from to be honest 2020 was actually a beautiful year for me you can say three yeah. Three. That's perfect. Go. Yeah, let's go with three. So, so the first one is I wrote two books in 2020. The second one is I got married in 2020. And the third one is I became an uncle for the first time in 2020. That's a lot of great That's things. That's awesome. That is. That's it's really a pretty nice good year, right? That's really awesome. Thank you. Do I think you want to go or should I? Uh, I, can, I can go first. Um, for me, um, this year meant that I switched teams and I actually worked a lot on Swift UI, which was a lot of fun. Um, I think we got married last year, but I'm very happy that I have my wife with me all, during all of this. And um, I'm really happy to be here, actually, which is also quite a lot of fun. A good way to end the year. So in my case, I think it was like more people around me than me. But the first thing would be, I, it seems that I found a job that will be like actually treat me as a person. So that's nice. It's been a rocky 2019 trying to like find somewhere nice. And it seems this one is sticky. So I'm happy about that. Also, my brother got engaged and I really like his fiance. I'm very happy she's part of the family. I like her more than I like him. I have zero issues saying that out loud. He knows. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my parents got a new puppy, so that means there are two dogs in my family. 
very excited about that. And I'm going to go on four because I'm special. And there's going to be four children in my family next year. New. So I'm going to be an aunt slash cousin and stuff. There's just going to be a lot of children. And there's going to be more than 35 next December. I'm very happy about that. Awesome. Nice. Okay, I'll go last. I had to do some thinking. Thankfully, I had time because you went first. So I think the first one for me is that I found a new apartment and moved to that apartment. Um, the last one we had was kind of smallish and it was next to a very loud street. And so from yesterday to today was the first night we slept in the new apartment and I was in bed. I was like, wow, it's silent. It's like completely, completely new feeling. And so I think the nights will be great from now on. Um, the second thing for me is that um, it's kind of not as good as in 2019, but given for what 2020 was, I'm still very happy that I was able to visit my mother a couple of times this year. Like I was more cautious, but when I went there, because we had home office and everything, I could just stay for two weeks on end. And I did that. And like given the circumstances, I still saw her a lot. Um, that That's something that I'm also very happy about. Um, and the third thing for me is that I actually, um, continue to work on Hyperdeck and it's almost done and I, I got a lot of positive feedback. That's something that's for me important because if you, if you spend a lot of time to something, it's, it's good to hear back from people. And so that, those are the three things I'm happy about. Yeah, that's, that's it. awesome. See, much better note to end. It's much better <laughs> note, yeah. So thanks everybody for joining. I love this episode. It was very nice. Um, the next step for me will be figuring out how Zoom works and how to uh, how to get the the audio out of this. And if if that doesn't work, I will ping you with the uh, uh, with the audio files. Thanks for joining and um, thanks to the listener for listening. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays and a good new year. Bye. Bye. Bye.